Okay, welcome into today's bonus podcast. This is Pastor Quint here at Erie First Assembly, and we are continuing our Bible reading plan. We are reading through the Bible in a year here at Erie First, and so today I am joined by Pastor Kayla, and we are discussing um, today's reading for April 8th. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the days all kind of blend together around Easter for us in the ministry. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, we are discussing today's uh, reading for April 8th. And so, Pastor Kayla, you uh, prepared some thoughts. So, why don't you just go ahead and I'll jump in and out as I maybe have things to add. But what would you like to share today in regards to today's reading? Yeah, so today's reading um, is from the book of Ruth. So, Ruth chapters one through four, and then Luke chapter 11. Um, the second half of that chapter, so verses 29 to 54. And so today we're going to just talk a little bit about um, part of that Luke passage, but um, even just this half a chapter of Luke is there's so much stuff here. Uh, If I was reading it just on my own without a plan, I would probably almost read just this chunk in like three days because there's just so much there. It's almost... I think it would be hard to to digest on my own and just like one. That's actually chunk. one of the things about these uh, reading plants, which are so good, and the so dis- good. the discipline of reading through the Bible is a great discipline. Yes, but one of the things that is so hard about it is you are in- digesting so much content so sometimes much. So that it's much. like, man, I want to read through this part slower and make mm-hmm. sure I'm really getting something out of it. It's just like. It can be so much. Yeah, you know? I can. Yeah, and so I, I was reading through it, and I was like, "Wow, there's just too much here. I, I can't, I can't even. Just this one passage of Luke. Forget about Ruth. I can't even get all this stuff. Right, um, right. But anyway, I there's a lot of really great stuff here, and I find that a lot, especially in the Gospels. Like sometimes it's just this condensed packing of all this great stuff in one little section of the Bible, uh, which is exciting because there's so much there for us to learn. And so um, today, though, I'm just going to uh, talk about one part of um, this passage. And so we're going to kind of hang out in verses 37 to 54. Um, and there's so much great stuff in here. I probably, I'm sure I could have done a devotional on all of it. But what I really kept coming back to was this passage um, that is the woes of the Pharisees. Um, and it's, it's just, it's really thought-provoking and uh, kind of gut-checks you a little bit. And uh, so in this passage, Jesus had um, just finished speaking and preaching, and a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. And um, so he went and he sat down at the table, and right away this Pharisee is like ready, um, ready with stuff that Jesus wasn't doing right. And immediately in my head, I'm, and maybe this is a little bit cynical of me, but almost thinking, was this like, was this an intentional plan on this Pharisee to be like, I'm going to get him, like, I'm going to catch him with something? Because he did. Jesus walks in, he sits down at the table, and instantly the Pharisee finds something that he feels like Jesus is doing wrong, at least according to Old Testament Jewish law. So just bam, right off the gate, Jesus is messing up, according to this Pharisee. And uh, But what's great is that Jesus was ready. He was ready and prepared. Like, in my mind, I feel like he was just locked and loaded, ready to fire at this guy. And I don't know if that's me just being like, you know, I don't know. I'm one of those people that always thinks of what I should say after the conversation. So maybe I, that's just me, like, wanting to, to feel that, wanting to be something that just always has the right answer. But Jesus was just ready. He was yeah, ready for it's it. It's almost like uh, the Pharisee thought he was setting Jesus yes. up, but the real question we need to be asking is, was Jesus setting the Pharisee oh, up? Because that's how it reads when that, you really... 100%. I feel like that's what's happening, because Jesus was ready, and he just hammered. I mean, he just shot after shot after shot, just took took this guy out, pretty much. Um, and it's funny, um, 
because in all of that, I do feel like uh, Jesus just had a way. I don't think he had to be aggressive, as as in my mind, I I feel like it is. But in I think in reality, it probably wasn't. It's just Jesus being real, um, which the Pharisees didn't didn't like a whole lot. And uh, so the one that really struck me the most is um, this one. It's verse forty two, and it says, "Woe to you, Pharisees." Because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God, you should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Um, And actually, we see another verse that's almost identical in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You pay tithes of mint, dill, and cumin, but you have disregarded the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So it's it's pretty pretty close to the same thing there. And um, it goes back to, when we look at that verse, it kind of takes us back all the way into Deuteronomy uh, 14, where it's talking about tithing, um, the Jews tithing from their produce and what they grew. And, um, you know, that whole chapter and section in Deuteronomy 14 kind of lays out all the specifics of that. And it, I was just thinking about it a lot because this is a key gardening season, right? We're heading into big gardening season and all the stores are bringing in all the plants. And I love gardening at my house. We've already got stuff planting and growing and uh, I've got grow racks in my basement, like getting my tomatoes ready. And But in my mind, the last thing that I feel like is important is the mint, <laughs> right? And the seasonings and the dill, because in reality, those are just garnishes. I can't live on that. Uh, I can live on potatoes and corn and all of those things, but I'm not, um, as much as I am growing some herbs, that's not what comes to my mind when I think of produce. And it really just is a reminder um, that how far the Pharisees were taking all these things, um, that they weren't just saying, oh, I'm going to give God 10% of the, the good things, what the substantial things that are going to keep me alive, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give him 10% of the garnishes as well, um, 10% of the mint and the rue and, and all these different seasonings. And um, it's, it's just really illustrating how far they took it. And, you know, they had taken even the tiniest little part and every minuscule detail of the law and were following it so closely. And yet in all of that, they had failed at keeping the core of what it really means to be, um, to love the Lord. And that's just simply like loving God, seeking mercy, acting justly, like all these things that are really the core of what it means to love God. They just totally did away with, uh, but we're so concerned about the little things about, you know, giving, tithing their mint and all these herbs and seasonings. And yeah, yeah. can I jump in there? Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like this is just such a, um, this is like Jesus putting on full display the importance of the heart issue. Absolutely. With all, with all of this and the, um, the missing ingredient for the Pharisees was their care for people, Mm -hmm. was their heart in it. They did everything um, because of the rule of the law, but miss the spirit of the law entirely. Uh, absolutely. And I think you can go all the way back to um, Cain and Abel, and Cain bringing... Um, God's problem with Cain and Abel's offering wasn't the fact that Cain brought vegetables, it was that he didn't bring the first fruits, the yep. best of yep. He just brought some to check a box. Yes. His heart was wrong. His heart was totally and, wrong. And so the problem wasn't that he wasn't a meat farmer, he was a produce farmer, and right. God didn't want to honor produce. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the heart issue behind it, and what was missing was 
the motive, why he was bringing it. And I think yeah. that's what Jesus is calling out and putting on full display here is that we need to remember that and we need to, um, and, and he's, you know, obviously pointing this out to the Pharisees. Um, the message translation says in that verse 42, I've had it with you. You're hopeless, you Pharisees. You are frauds. You keep meticulous account books. You tithe on every nickel and dime that you get, but you manage to find loopholes for getting around basic matters of mm-hmm. justice and of God's mm-hmm. love. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are still required. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I I was reading it, and what's funny about that, even I like the term basic there, because what the Pharisee first got Jesus on was something basic. Uh, When Jesus sat down at the table, the Pharisee was initially upset because Jesus didn't wash his hands. And it Which just, is like the most basic. So basic, right? We're we're you're a dad, I'm a mom. Like that's what we gripe at our kids about, right? Did you wash your hands before you eat? Like it's a, it's child's play in reality. And so the Pharisees coming at Jesus with this child's play game of oh I'm gonna get him because he didn't wash his hands, and Jesus is like whoa, like you got it all messed up here. Right. And uh, I I love it in in the passage in Matthew. That similar verse, actually, if you go to the next verse, verse 24, it says, you blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. And it's just this depiction of, man, you're, you're fighting over this little tiny stuff and you're missing all the, the meat and all the, the big things that are actually truly important. Yeah. And I think it's just such a warning to us because we have a tendency to do that. I mean, honestly, even, and this is not... Uh, I'm not saying this so you'll stop reading your Bible, okay, <laughs> what I'm about to say, but but even from the standpoint of hopefully as you've been reading along this year and reading your Bible, and if you've missed days, hopefully you haven't just abandoned it completely, but the point of reading God's Word isn't just to get through God's Word, but mm-hmm. as Mark Batterson says, it's to get God's Word through us. So yes. hopefully you haven't just been reading it to check a box, but you've been reading it to learn some things, to find some things, to see see things in a new way. And so really, that is even an example of don't just follow the rule of the law so you can say at the end of the year, yeah, I read the Bible, I got nothing out of it, but I did the thing, mm-hmm. but actually read it to change, uh, that would be more the spirit of the law than the rule of the law. Right. Yeah, and I, honestly, I feel like the the obviously the woes, if you keep reading this chapter, they just continue. There's several of them, and I'm not going to get into all of them, but it. Uh, the saddest part is for me is that just in all of this and all this keeping of the law and all these little tiny things is at the end of the day they missed it. They yep. they just totally missed it. Yep. And um and not only did they miss the big picture of what the love of God is all about, they also missed what Jesus was saying because at the end of the chapter, all they start talking about um one of the um one of the other religious leaders that's there is at one point gets really upset and is like, whoa, what you're saying is offensive. Like you're offending me. This hurts my feelings and and never got anything of what Jesus was actually saying. And by the end of the chapter, they're all plotting on how they how they can get him, you know, how they can um, get him locked up or in jail or, or whatever. And so I, it's just, it's sad because I think at the end of the day, um, what I really had to stop and think about in reading this passage is how many times have I just missed it, right? And in so many different things when I'm reading, you know, even when we read through the Bible, there's things that we miss. We don't get all of it every time. Um, and that's just an easy example. How many times have I just missed the Lord speaking to me directly and just totally walked by it like it was nothing? I'm sure if we all knew exactly how many times we've missed it and we're doing our best to follow Jesus, um, we would probably be scared 
uh, at, at the number of how many it is. And, and that in reality is just like, God, I just don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss not even just scriptural. I don't want to miss things with my kids. I don't want to miss things with my husband. I don't want to miss so much of what um, God has for us because what he has for us is so much bigger than I think we ever will, will ever understand until, you know, we reach heaven. And so um, there's just a lot here, a lot of reminders that I think we need to keep in our everyday life and just, you know, God help us not to miss it um, yeah. and in everything, not just in scripture, but just in everyday life. God help us not to miss it. We're so busy doing all the things. And like you said, checking the boxes, even just reading the scripture. I'm so busy checking my boxes and making sure I get it done that I miss the content of what's yeah. actually right in front of me. There's a really good book that I have not read in, man, probably 15 years. Um, it's called, I, I think it's called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. Mm. And it's fiction, but he tells the story of a guy who's like, um, uh, I don't, it's been 15 years, so I can't totally remember, but I re, you talking reminded me of a scene in the book where I feel like he is in a, the, the main character's in a bad accident and he has like this big dream and he's led through all these scenarios by God. Mm-hmm. But one of the final scenarios he's led through is um, the archangel shows him all the things, a, a place in heaven of all the things that were God's plan that huh. we missed. That he mi- oh. And for him, it was like two more kids what? and a totally different tra- like scary. trajectory of his life. Yeah. And he was like, what is all this? And the archangel's like, well, this is what you were supposed to have, but you were so busy Jeez. running down your path right. you that you all. missed what where God was trying to lead you. Now, well, I'm going to get there, and God's going to be like, yeah, it was actually two less kids, bro. <laughs> but, you know, like, but anyways, that's a different conversation, but... Uh, anyways, it just really makes you think, um, we, I, I, we have these conversations sometimes with people about the will of God and right. God's plan and just all right. these big, big things. And it really, um, can feel daunting and intimidating. Sure. But I think in this example from Luke chapter 11, the, the big takeaway is if we can get better at not missing the little things with Jesus. Yep. If we can get our motives right, our hearts right, our intentions right, then uh, hopefully the end result of that is the big picture of mm-hmm. our life. Yep. It all lines up yep. better, right? Like that's yep. kind of what I'm yeah, absolutely. getting from this conversation. Yeah, and I mean even in my just everyday thought, I've just really thought a lot about the Pharisees in the, in the past couple months and just how I don't think, I don't think the Pharisees ever started out bad. Do you know what I mean? Intentionally. Like, hey, like, we're just gonna become corrupt, uh, hypocritical people. No, the intention was, if I follow the law this closely and I do all these things, then I'm gonna be closer to God. And what ended up happening is this whole culture of hypocrisy and not loving people and all these things. And I think we can even see that in our own culture in today's church world is that a lot of the times, and and even I remember doing things as a kid that, you know, we didn't do and we didn't do that. We didn't do this. And I never really knew why. Do you know what I mean? There was never that, that context of it was easy for us to focus on what we shouldn't do and what we should do rather than just on the easy the easy, what really should be the easy part of just loving people mm-hmm. and um, just loving God and fo- you know doing our best and and just being willing to accept when we when we're when we miss the mark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's why um, it's so important. It's why one of like the the main reasons that 
I, um, one of my main objectives in ministry and one of my main objectives as a parent is I never want to just tell my kids or just tell the people that I lead what to do, mm-hmm. but I always want to tell them why, why we do it. Yep. Because if you don't have the heart issue behind it, it just is a bunch of rules yep. and regulations and things you need to follow yep. because someone said so, which is the worst reason in the world. Uh-huh. So that really is, I just think, so important to... And I think it's the heart, it's what Jesus is getting at in this passage right. is this is why, don't worry about what you're doing. Why are you even doing it? Yeah. Why you're doing it is all yeah. the wrong reason. So who cares that it's the right thing? Yeah. The ends don't justify the means, yep. right? You're yep. sacrificing people along the way. So yep. that's really like just such a big part of our faith journey is getting that um, getting that right or or at least working daily to try to be closer right. and getting that right. And you know what I, what else I love about this is is Jesus doesn't tell them to not do that. He never says stop tithing on your mint. He's just like, "Hey, that's great, but you missed all his other stuff. Right. Like you should right. have done this and that. There there's no there's no and or like it's supposed to be both." And um, and I think a lot of times we can find ourselves in a place. I know a, a lot of Christians just have individual personalized convictions that it's not wrong for them to follow. Um, but when you're so harping on that that you miss everything else, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. And um, I think it's easy for all of us to to get held up on the things that we feel like are special from the Lord to us. And again, it's not wrong, um, but it's. You know, it's both. It's never one or the other. We're right. supposed to love God, and we're supposed to love people. You know, we're supposed to do what the Lord commands us, and we're supposed to love people and have mercy and act justly and and all these things. And it's just a lot to learn here, and and that's just one woe. <laughs> right, <laughs> like we didn't right, even talk right. about all the others, and um, there's so much more in this passage that really should, at the end of the day, be a wake up call for us and just just a heart check of. You know, God, yeah. where am I being a hypocrite? Because I'm sure if we all looked, there's at least one thing that we could say, I'm not doing that right, and yep. uh, God help me to do better. Yeah, and I'll wrap it up by saying this. I made a comment, um, I don't even remember when, a couple of months ago I, I said something from stage in regards to um, just this current political climate, this current... Um, mm-hmm looking to the government to fix everything, just this, I mean, we're in a mess right now. I don't need to go any deeper than, than to say that. But I just felt really strongly convicted that, you know, we need to get back to remembering that the church is God's plan A. He only has a plan A, right? Mm-hmm. The church is, uh, is his solution to our struggles and our problems with our neighbors and our with each other. It's our job. And the church is each and every one of us, each individual person. So we need to stop looking to a system, man-made organization. I mean, goodness gracious, if you've been reading the Old Testament, this is literally what the Israelites wanted was a yep. king like every other yep. country had, because that'll fix yep. it. And God, that was not what God wanted. You know, so anyways, I don't want to go too deep down there, but I made the comment in my uh, in my words uh, that I was sharing from stage we all have something wrong, mm-hmm. so let's start there, yep. which is not a warm and fuzzy statement, doesn't make you feel good, doesn't make you happy, but hopefully also doesn't feel like an attack on you. We all have right. something yep. wrong. Yep. Let's start there. And if that doesn't help you to humble yourself, to take that low seat, that position of humility and understand, yeah, maybe I don't have all this Christianity thing figured out. 
Maybe like I'm on the spectrum somewhere journeying towards the Father, just like my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. That is the humility that we were told to embrace, right? The Bible says, humble yourself. So yep. we, we need to humble ourselves to like, God, where am I missing it? God, what, where am I off? Because I don't want to be off. So help me, correct me. Like that is not a natural question. That no, is a supernatural. It is not natural to be like, God, show me where I'm wrong so I can no, change today, it's right? Definitely we, not. <laughs> we want to go to God and be like, God, you and me, we're good. And I've got, and it's like, no, like we all have stuff we need to do better. We need to correct. We need to change. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So. I think we all do. It reminds me of that scripture. And I don't know, I can't remember where it's found off the top of my head, but, um, you know, take the speck out of your own eye before you take right? the log out of your neighbors. And that's, uh, that's really what we need to do. If we all dealt with our own specks, right? It'd right. Be, uh, the logs would probably disappear. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Because we're all taking care of our own stuff. And um, yeah. Yeah. So good. really good conversation. And hopefully you're getting a lot out of this, um, re- you know, reading through Luke and just seeing um, all of Jesus' interactions with people are something that we can learn from. And, uh, you know, you can learn in what he's saying. You can also learn in who he's saying it to, how he's saying it, really what he's after. And in this passage, what he's after He's reminding us that our motives matter, our heart matters, the ends don't justify the means, but it's how we love people, it's how we take care of those basic things that makes all the difference. And so let's work um, as Christ followers and as the church to be closer to what He envisions for our life, and when we do that, a lot of things start to take care of themselves and start Mm -hmm. to fix themselves. So thanks so much, Kayla. This was a great conversation. I appreciate you uh, letting me jump in. Uh, with you on this, and uh, hopefully you're getting a lot out of this. We appreciate you reading along in our Bible reading plan for 2021.